0: This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu <laughs> alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahi wa alhamdulillahi wa salatu wa salamu ala abdillahi wa rasulihi muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we send complete blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his entire household and all his companions. May Allah bless them all and may he bless every single one of us. Brothers and sisters, a few more hours remaining of this blessed month of Ramadan. Before we know it, we will be witnessing insha'Allah, if Allah wills, the day of Eid. The question is, are we gaining something from this beautiful blessed month of Ramadan? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness and may He not make us from amongst those who witness such a beautiful month of mercy and we have not attained the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Brothers and sisters, it's beautiful how the Qur'an has teachings in it and so does the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that affect our daily lives. Something today that will perhaps relate to every single person. When we have a visitor at our house, or someone knocks the door. We would normally like to be informed in advance, especially in this age of advanced telecommunications, where if a person is to birth in Australia, some people find out in South America within three seconds. It's a reality. And I've given you a simple example, but you can go much deeper than that. Today, people are quick to inform the whole world what is happening. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. But we don't realize that When we go to someone's house, do we tell them in advance? Do we inform them that I'm about to visit your house? Is it okay? Is it not okay? And so on. Sometimes you have a moment where you do not want to have visitors, for example, and suddenly they come across. Exactly at the time of your meal, for example. Or exactly when you plan to leave, they come through. Or when you have your own little social moment in your house trying to resolve a matter and so on, and the door is knocked. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us and grant us goodness. No one likes that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us of this in surah An-Nur, where the etiquettes of visiting people's homes are made mention of. Allah says, Ya ayuha ladina amanu la tadu hulu buyutan rayra buyuticum hatta tastanisu, watusalimu ala ahliha, dalicum khayrul lakum laal lakum tadakarun. O you who believe, do not enter homes that are not your own homes until you make yourself known and until you have sought permission to enter. And do you know what? The very next verse, this is verse number 18 and 19 of the surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, If you are told to go back, then go back, it is better for you. How many of us have the guts when someone knocks the door to answer it and say, please go back? We don't have the guts or the courage. We'd rather entertain them than to tell them to go back. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and grant us goodness and open our doors. MashaAllah. The hospitality we have, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase it. And may He make us from those who love our guests. Whenever I come across this, I remember when I was young, I visited a home with my mum, And it was a friend of my mother's. And on the door, as young as I was, I read a notice. It said there, we are very happy upon your arrival, but we will be even happier when you depart. Allahu <laughs> Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us from those. Wallahi, it is deadly and dangerous. I, although it's a joke, but it's not supposed to be. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us with open arms, inshallah, the ability not only to entertain the guest, but to fulfill the right of the guest. Brothers and sisters, a guest has the right. And the right of the guest is that they be honored. Rasulullah says, Whoever believes in Allah and the last day should honor and entertain and fulfill the rights of their guests. At the same time, my brothers and sisters, when we are visiting people, be sensible and ask yourself, Is it okay? Is it fine? And so on. And when we visit, we should not delay so long. You know, some people will come to you just before iftar, for example, and they'll sit there for one and a half hours. That is ridiculous. Allah protect us. Or maybe it's not as ridiculous because you're supposed to read between the lines. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. It's best to be people who are open. We have a good relation. We understand. When you visit someone, you keep it short, sweet, to the point. They miss you. They call for you again. But when you visit them and you irritate them and you sit for so long, the next time you phone, they create an outing in order to avoid you. So they'll tell you, "No, we were planning something. And yet they are planning as you are talking. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. And this is why, whenever we are told to go back, don't feel bad. It's an Islamic right to say, you know what, really we cannot entertain you right now, can you come back at another time? Don't feel bad. It is an Islamic right ordained in the Qur'an, in the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and grant us goodness. Uh, This was actually verse number... 27 and 28, not 18 and 19, 27 and 28 of Surah Al-Nur. Moving further, we have sometimes disputes between us. And these disputes, people are quick to sit back and look at where they are going to gain more. If I take this person to the court, will I get more? Or if I take them to the Sheikh and to sort it out Islamically according to the Sharia, will I get more? And he looks or she looks at where he or she is going to get more, and then he does that. That's not how it's supposed to be. We are supposed to be surrendering to what the command of Allah and His Rasul is, whether it is for us or against us. This is a true mu'min. So Allah warns us about such people. And Allah says, وَإِذَا إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ لِيَحْكُمَ بَيْنَهُمْ إِذَا فَرِيقٌ مِّنْهُم When they are called for justice, towards Allah or to the ruling of Allah and His Messenger. You find a group from amongst them running away, turning away. They don't want it. They tell you, I'm not interested. I know what I'm doing. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us verse number 49 of the same surah, surah An-Nur. Allah says, وَإِن الْحَقُّ If... They found that they were gaining by going towards the Sharia, And Allah and His Rasul, they would be the first ones who rush there. Are their hearts full of disease and sickness? May Allah not make us from amongst those. The last verse of this surah, surah An-Nur, sums it all up. Where Allah says, فَلْيَحْذَرِ الَّذِينَ يُخَالِفُونَ عَنْ أَمْرِهِ أَن تُصِيبَهُمْ فِتْنَةٌ أَوْ يُصِيبَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ Let those who want to go against the order and instruction of Muhammad sallam be warned of a very severe punishment, of a trial and calamity in their direction or a very very painful punishment. May Allah not make us from those who go against the command of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was sent in order to instruct us so we claim to be believers and his followers let us follow his instruction sallallahu alaihi wasallam may allah subhanahu wa taala grant us goodness and may he open our doors so these are some of the rules that allah has set you want happiness and goodness and peace in your life follow allah follow the rasul sallallahu the instruction of the two of them when there is a dispute between us we don't need to rush to the courts of the, the, the day and the courts of for example the land if they were to give a ruling against the Sharia. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. Sometimes, sadly, people are forced to go to the courts of the land because they are getting no joy anywhere else. So if that is the case, and if you are forced to go there, remember, you are only allowed to take from there what is your due and right, not more. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. If we were to take more, we would actually be usurping the rights of others. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opens up the verse, or should I say the verses of Surah Al-Furqan, the criterion. The Qur'an itself is also called Al-Furqan. Al-Furqan meaning the criterion, the distinguishing between right and wrong, between false and the truth, that is the Qur'an. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this surah makes mention of beautiful verses. You see, when a messenger came, people always found fault. They searched and hunted and picked on things that were irrelevant. And they said this person is like this. Because they were jealous, they did not have for example the courage or the strength to follow what was being said. Or they were too deep into their own evil that they would have to change their entire lives in order to follow the message of the messenger. Rather they taint the the image of the messenger and remain as they are. This was their choice. And this is what they wanted to do. So they picked on small things which really were fruitless or futile. And from this we learn that guidance is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It comes to those who are dedicatedly and tirelessly searching for it sincerely. If we are to search for guidance and we are to ask Allah's assistance and we are sincere, the guidance will definitely come to us by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah guide us. But if we are to sit and listen to what someone has to say about this one and that one and so on, we will stay away from every single scholar of deen. I tell you why. In your mind, right now, think of the name of any scholar of Islam across the globe. Anyone. Think of a few names. Now, don't you agree with me, every single one of them, without any exception whatsoever, there are others who have spoken ill about him in one way or another. There you are. So if we are to listen to what people have to say, we will end up on our own just ourselves and Iblis. The two of us cronies, we end up somewhere in the wrong direction. That's all. But if we are to understand that guidance is a gem, it does not come to those who do not deserve it. People who have an ill heart, lack sincerity, they do not love Allah and His Rasul correctly, guidance will not come to them even if it is shining and glaring them in the face. They will look away and they will not be able to see it. This is why we say, respect the scholars and understand their level. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the same thing that happened to the messengers. Look at what the kuffar at the time said. They could not pick on anything, they called him a madman, they said he's a womanizer, he's after money, he's after wealth, he's after sorry, he's after uh, control here, he wants authority and so on. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, at the end, after calling him a poet and a madman and a magician and so on, a sorcerer, they then said, wa <laughs> Allah says, Look at what they said about the messenger. They said, Why does this messenger go to the markets? And why does he eat food? If Allah wanted, He could have sent down an angel. To be a warner with him, or he could have given him huge treasures. He would not need to go out to the marketplace, nor would he need to go to eat. Allahu Akbar. Look at what they're picking on. And then they said, Indeed, you are following a person who is bewitched. So Allah says, Look at the type of examples they are giving. To you, O Muhammad sallallahu they are indeed astray. May Allah protect us. May Allah guide us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, after making mention of this issue that they raised, Allah says in verse number 20, that was in verse number 7, and in verse number 20 of surah al-furqan, Allah says, وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَا قَبْلَكَ مِنَ الْمُرْسَلِينَ إِلَّا إِنَّهُمْ لَيَأْكُلُونَ الطَّعَامَ وَيَمْشُونَ فِي الْأَسْوَاقِ او oh محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم never before you have we sent a messenger or we have never sent a messenger before you except that he has also been eating food and going into the markets So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clarifies it to say, don't pick on these little things. These are minor things. Everyone has the right to eat. But look at his character. Now one might ask, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if we wanted, we could have made him such that he did not need to eat. And we could have made it such that an angel would have come down with him. We could have done it. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ Indeed for you, O oh man, is a brilliant example in emulating Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in every aspect of his life. So, if he did not eat and go to the markets, how would we know how to eat and how to go to the markets? What a powerful example. But because he ate today, we can read books that make mention of the sunnah fruit and what it benefits and the sunnah way of eating and the benefits of it. Such that medicine is studying it today. Subhanallah. And the dealings when he dealt how successful he was. Allahu Akbar. That is Allah's way of teaching us. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and protect us. This is why we say, be careful if our minds and hearts are contaminated in this particular way, where people pick on those we look up to for guidance and raise petty issues. If we do not throw them aside, we will then be affected in the same way that the kuffar of Quraysh were affected by raising things. And Allah says, because they did all this, they were misguided. We don't want to be misguided. May Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to distinguish between right and wrong. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us also in surah al-furqan. You see, this surah is called the criterion. We spoke about it a few minutes ago. Now, when a person has bad friends, that company makes them think, their entire thinking process becomes similar to those whom they interact with and those whom they mix with. And if we are not careful, we will end up thinking in a wrong way. We look at that which is wrong and consider it right. Only because our friends consider it right. Nobody is there to tell you no. But when you mix with the right people, whatever is right will be considered correct and it will be made easy for you to follow. If you mix with, for example, for the sisters, those sisters who are steadfast in hijab and so on, they don't miss their salah. Come time for salah, you fulfill your salah. When you dress, you will be embarrassed to dress inappropriately because your company is so powerful that you need to dress like the rest of your friends. Allahu Akbar. The same applies to us as men. When you are friends with a person who is a crook or known as a person who is a deceiver, cheater, liar, swearer, a man who really is a womanizer or a person who engages in adultery, visits the clubs and goes to the casinos, if that is your bosom body and your close friend, Very very soon you will find yourself doing the same. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. And if there are a clique of people like that, then you cannot say that "I'm I'm not like that. Because what makes you like them? What makes you mix with them? If you are different, you will be irritated whenever they want to do something wrong. And that irritation will make you find different company. So Allah warns us in this beautiful surah, verses 27 and the two verses after them. Allah says, ويوم يَعَضُّ الظالم على يديه يقول يا ليتني اتخذت مع الرسول سبيلا يا ويلتا ليتني لم أتخذ فلانا خليلا لقد أضلني عن الذكر بعد إذ جاءني وَكَانَ الشَّيْطَانُ لِلْإِنسَانِ خَذُولًا On that day, the oppressor, the one who had the wrong company, he will bite his hands. That is an Arabic saying of regret. The height of regret is when you say, a person is biting their hands. You know, they literally putting their hands in their mouth and biting, which means they regret so badly. On that day, the oppressor will regret so badly, and he will say, Oh, why did I not choose the path of the messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam why did i have such and such a person as my company wallahi he led me astray being a friend of mine and me being in his company he led me astray after the guidance came to me then i faltered and i went back and he says oh i hope i had not had him as a friend and then he will say indeed shaitan the devil is very deceptive when it comes to cheating man and conning him this is a verse of the Qur'an where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us as well to say, be careful, Shaitan deceives. And Shaitan deceives in a way that he entraps man. May Allah protect us from the trap of the devil. Amen. And this is why in the next verse, we look at the surah and we see how important the Qur'an is. Brothers and sisters, this whole month, We've been driving home the importance of reading the Qur'an, reciting it, understanding it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. And may He open our doors. Allah says, the messenger complained to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What was the complaint? Listen to it. This is the next verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse number 30 of surah al-furqan, وَقَالَ الرَّسُولُ يَا رَبِّ إِنَّ قَوْمِ اتَّخَذُوا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ مَهْجُورًا وَكَذَٰلِكَ جَعَلْنَا لِكُلِّ نَبِيٍ عَدُوًّا مِّنَ الْمُجْرِمِينَ And the messenger said, O Allah, my people have disregarded this Qur'an and they have discarded it. They have not understood it. They have not taken it seriously. They have really discarded it. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we are not from amongst those who are being complained about, that we did not take the Quran seriously. So Allah says, This is how there are so many enemies for all the prophets. They have a group of criminals who are their enemies. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us those who create or who have enmity in our hearts or in our actions against Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Remember, my brothers and sisters. Enmity sometimes can be in the heart. And sometimes it can be manifest in actions. Imagine you come to someone and you tell them I love you and you fist them one in the face. And then you tell them I love you and you trip them. Then you tell them I love you and you whip them. Is that love? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So. In the same way we want our hearts to be clean of any enmity against Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa we need our actions also to be clean and clear of enmity against Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and grant us goodness. So Allah says, there are certain people whom everything they hear or they are instructed to do, they first pass it through their brain. If it makes sense to them, they adopt it. If it doesn't, they don't. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you need to know. Revelation comes first. The fact that you know the source of it is enough for you to say, I surrender, I adopt. Look at Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam. As young as he was, he understood who Allah is. And he worshipped Allah alone. When that happened and he recognized the source, immediately he said that, Ya Allah, when you have instructed me now to do things that do not make sense to my mind, because I know where the instruction has come from, I'm going to adopt it and I will fulfill it. This is why he became known as Khalilullah, the friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So with us, we need to make sure, yes, if it makes sense to you, alhamdulillah, if it doesn't make sense to you, go and find out and see. But in the interim, you need to make sure you adopt the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, there is a famous statement of Ali ibn Abi Talib radiyallahu anhu, where he makes mention of how, had Islamic rules been only and solely based on the intellect of a human being, then... To wipe the leather sock, Do you know, the wiping of the leather sock when it comes to wudu, when a person is wearing socks, it's a ruling on its own. It would have been on the bottom and not on the top, because it makes sense. You're walking; it's the bottom that's dirty. But because it is something that is beyond the comprehension of man, at certain times, when a person breaks wudu by breaking wind, they would have they would have to engage in istinja or cleansing with water, but. To make wudu is sufficient. You haven't yet washed the the place where the wind was broken from, but you've washed all other places. Allah says, He knows why. He's instructed that to you. Allahu Akbar. Whether you understand it or not, believe me, is besides the point. The fact that you know it comes from Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, surrender it and understand it. Surrender to it and understand it. So Allah says here, (laughs) Have you seen the one who has? worshipped his own desires. Whatever his mind tells him, whatever his heart and desires tell him, he worships it. He follows everything he feels like doing. Allah says, Are you going to be responsible for him? No way. This is verse number 43 of the same surah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not to make us from those who just follow our whims and fancies and our desires because if that is the case, we will definitely lose our peace and our serenity and the contentment that we have. Imagine if every person had to follow their desires. Think about it for a moment. A man came to Rasulullah sallallahu a young boy, and he says, Oh Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I want to commit adultery. <coughs> wow, he had guts. Allahu Akbar. He goes to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa I want to commit adultery. And so Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa wanted to show him that if everyone had to follow their desires the same way you would like to follow your desires, then look what will happen. So he asks him a question, Would you like that for your mother? He said, No. Would you like it for your sister? He said, No. Would you like it for your aunt? He said, No. Like he said, no. And so on. Until the man said to himself, well, Rasulullah sallallahu told him, if you don't like it for them, then no matter who it is that's going to be involved, it's somebody's daughter, somebody's mother, somebody's sister, somebody's wife, etc, etc, whatever. And so this young man said, that I will never ever engage in this ever again. He understood it in a flash of a second. Imagine. So if we had to fulfill our desires, what would happen if everyone else had to do the same? There would be absolute chaos on this earth. And we would be killing each other because we would not be able to tolerate how you usurped my rights and I usurp yours. So Allah says, follow instructions. And then you will have a lot of goodness and calmness in your life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and grant us ease. Then we have beautiful verses, inshallah. I will commence them now. And perhaps if we don't complete them, we will do so tomorrow for Juma where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declares at the end of Suratul furqan beautiful verses. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the qualities of the true believers. He calls them Ibadul Rahman, the worshippers of the most merciful. There are a lot of qualities. I will mention them one by one. And every single quality that is made mention of at the end of surah al-furqan is so beautiful, it brings about peace, comfort, tranquility in our lives. Allah says, وَعِبَادُ الَّذِينَ عَلَى الْأَرْضِ هولا. Verse number 63, Surah Al-Furqan The true worshippers of the most merciful are those whom when they walk on earth, they walk with humility and humbleness. Neither too fast nor too slow, nor stamping their feet, nor tiptoeing. Amazing. So Allah is teaching us, walk properly, not haughty. Don't be arrogant. You are a true worshipper of Allah. If you walk on earth in a respectable way, full of humbleness and humility, you will have a lot of peace and serenity, comfort. And a lot of people would actually love you because you come across very humble from the way you walk. Allahu Akbar. From the way you walk. So let's try and take a look at how we walk. Brothers and sisters. And ask yourself, the way I walk, how do I come across? I need to consider it because it's the first quality being made mentioned here. And Allah says, Wa They are the ones whom, when the ignorant address them, they do not waste their time engaged in discussion with the foolish. They just say peace and they carry on. A mistake that a lot of us make. When the foolish address us, we get involved in a discussion and a debate with the foolish. My brothers and sisters, they are not interested in knowing the truth. They are not interested in anything Positive. They are foolish people who want to cause mischief. And perhaps they want to cause our downfall. If we are going to get bogged down in a discussion with them, we will lose focus from the reality of what we are supposed to be doing in life. So this is why when people who are foolish want to talk to you, don't waste your time. Just the maximum you say, Salaman. What that would mean is, they greet you and you greet them back. Pretend to be deaf thereafter. Pretend to be totally deaf. You will achieve a lot of peace and comfort. Do you know? Sometimes people pull you into a debate and a discussion regarding anything that is completely futile or detrimental because they are foolish. And we get involved. We get hot. We get deep, we get argumentative. We lose our sleep. We become sick, and so on. Allah says, "Why did you engage in discussion with the foolish?" Allah says, "You don't have to do that. Ignore them totally and completely, and you will achieve a lot of peace." وَإِذَا خَاطَبَهُمُ الْجَاهِلُونَ قَالُوا salama. The true worshippers of Allah, when the foolish address them, they just say peace and they walk away. Are we ready to do that inshallah? Wallahi, we will achieve a lot of goodness. You will cut out three quarters of the discussions you have on a daily basis. Allahu Akbar. It might be a little bit more over-realistic, but to be honest with you, really... Sometimes we are talking to people for no reason. We enter into discussion, we spoil our name, we spoil everything. Our business deals are gone, our families are destroyed because we are uttering words to people we are not supposed to be even uttering. They are ignorant and foolish, leave them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then tells us the true believers are those. They are the ones who spend the nights for their Rabb in the position of sajda and in the position of standing in salah. How many of us spend our nights in sajda and standing in salah? I was thinking about it earlier on when I was reading these verses. That you know, once in a while, those who are weak from amongst us, once in a while, get up at night. Once in a while, get up at night solely for the sake of Allah. Wallahi, you will taste a totally different spirituality, completely different. Once in a while, try it out. And believe me, before you know it, you will be hooked on to it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us, and may He open our doors. Imagine if you just, for the sake of Allah, set your clock for 4 o'clock in the morning. Like for example now, in our time, and you set your clock even for 5, early, mashallah, a little bit earlier than the uh, mashallah, suhoor time. And you say, Ya Allah, solely for you. No one knows you've got up. You get up, you make your wudu in the darkness of your room. You are in one corner, and you say, Allahu Akbar. You are included in this verse. Those who spend their nights for their Rabb in sujood and standing in salah. May Allah open our doors. Let's try it once in a while, inshallah. Brothers and sisters, it's not difficult. Like I told you the other day, a few days ago, if it was football, we would get up at 3 in the morning once in a while as well. In fact, World Cup time, there were people all odd times were everywhere. May Allah protect us. This is not World Cup, this is Jannah Cup. And we cannot afford not to have the cup. And the beauty is, there are millions of cups, not just one. So we can all have the cup. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us victory. And make us from amongst those who score goals that will result in our entry in paradise. Amin. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says there, after that, that was verse number 64. Verse number 65, Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ يَقُولُونَ جَهَنَّمَ Those who make a dua to Allah, saying, O oh my Rabb, O oh my Rabb, keep away from us, divert from us the fire of the punishment of Jahannam. The punishment of Jahannam divert it from us, Ya Allah. Indeed, it is very severe, it is painful, it is a punishment of Allah. Ya Allah, keep it away from us. So, this is a quality of the believers. They call out to Allah and they tell Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, protect us from the fire. One is to do deeds that save you from the fire. Two is to do deeds that will grant you entry into Jannah, into paradise. And three is to ask Allah to protect you from hellfire. To ask Allah to make the deeds that will result in my or your entry into hellfire difficult for us to do. And to make easy for us those deeds that will result in our entry into paradise. So whenever there is a deed resulting in entry into paradise, we, are, we find it facilitated. It's so easy for us. And whenever there is a deed that would result in our entry into hellfire. We find it so difficult. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from jahannam. These are just a few qualities I've made mention of inshallah tomorrow. Salatul Jum'ah. We hope to continue with this. Until then, inshallah.